Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider free podcast, a service, of course, of Julie Williams' free VoiceOver Insider. For industry news, tips, and information, be sure to subscribe at www.voiceoverinsider.com. I'm Paul O'Connor, here to introduce our host, Julie Williams. What's coming up on the podcast today? Paul, today's VoiceOver Insider podcast guest is Tasia Valenza. You may have heard Tasia say, I love what I do and I do what I love. She said that a number of times. She is one of the top female voiceover artists in the country, probably in part because she consistently exceeds her clients' and agents' expectations time after time. She's a storyteller with an acting background, so she doesn't just read the words. She gives them meaning by understanding the message and sharing it the way it was intended to be shared. And um, in addition to commercials, narration, promos, um, imaging, political spots, Tasha is probably most known for her iconic animated characters in video games and animated TV shows. And Tasia, I, I am not a video gamer. Um, and so <laughs> I, my son would probably be like really, really excited about. <laughs> That's totally, totally cool. I, 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 my son plays many more than I do myself. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay, so tell me about some of the video game characters, because I know the stuff you've done is big stuff, and that a lot of people are going to be excited to hear about it. I'm delighted to be with you, Julia, since we've known each other for quite a while, and it's uh, a pleasure to be with you and your guests. And, um, well, I've been coming from an acting background, and I was, you know, jokingly say I'm a recovering actress and a fully functioning voiceover artist. (laughs) Uh, damaged goods, but, uh, but uh, you know, the, the beauty of voiceovers is that we get to just fully express our talents without the uh, confinement of our visual appearance, which is just a gift because there's so many more things I think that actors can do, but we are definitely relegated to the type that we play. And so my, my video uh, game characters and my animated characters have t- fallen into the strong female roles. Some of them are, are heroes and heroines, and some of them are more villainesses, but they're, they're all kind of um, powerful uh, female roles, and that's been really cool. And um, I yeah, think the most... play both sides. Yeah, it is kind of fun because uh, I've been blessed enough to play in Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Shakti, a Jedi, who is far cooler than I'll ever be. And so to be able to play this very calm, powerful female, you know, just by putting on that, that very calm, authoritative sound, she's really wonderful to play. And of course, to be associated with anything in the Star Wars realm is uh, an honor. And so she's one of the well-known ones. And then I've been lucky enough to play Poison Ivy in all the Arkham games, uh, the Batman series, which is very popular, and there were three of those games, and so she has a quite a following. Um, one of my original ones back in 20 years ago, which was when the, the games were really just starting to get bigger, was a really cool character called Sniper Wolf in Metal Gear Solid, and that I, I think was one of those we didn't really know how big video games were going to get. And that was one of the first ones where many fans have said to me that this was the first one that they felt emotionally connected to the characters versus more the, the old style of the Pong, you know, the, um, the, the more of the, you know, the, these were, these were emotionally three-dimensional characters. So playing Sniper Wolf and finding out through social media 20 years later that the fans still really 
appreciate you know the characters and and of course Metal Gear is I think has gone on to five other iterations so it still has a very current fan base that's been really cool so she that that's another one and I'm also in the Star Wars realm in Star Wars The Old Republic with a, a that's an online game of Kaleo de Janis and she's a real kick-ass take no prisoners kind of character and and she's certainly fun to play and love love doing that so those are those are some of the very well-known ones that I've been lucky enough to play. You know, I, it makes perfect sense, but I never realized that people would have an emotional connection to a character in a video game. It does make sense, though. I mean, I fell in love with Tommy Pickles, right? Right. More and more, they're getting so uh, multidimensional and lifelike that, you know, between virtual re- you know, reality and uh, the whole level of, of making them much more like movies, it's going to be even more powerful. And then the, the fact that you can see it in 3D and right in front of you, it's definitely making it a much more viscerally emotional experience. And so it's, uh, it's really, and a lot of the auditions I, I read for now, they want it very real as if you're in a movie. And it's not, you know, it's not caricature. There's always, of course, you know, if you're if you're doing more of a of a character piece that's geared maybe to younger kids, they're definitely a little bit broader. But most of the games that I audition for, they want it very real. And uh, and then motion capture is another element that they're bringing in that makes it again very very real. And it's a definitely evolving medium. So one of the marks of a great talent is that you make it sound so easy with everything. <laughs> Well, right back at you. Oh, thank you. I noticed that for the first time with Bo Weaver back in 1982 or something. Love Bo Weaver. Yeah, we worked in radio together. And he's the first time where I realized that the mark of a good talent, in this case, it was a radio talent, is that they just make it seem so easy. And so has that always come easy to you? Or did you have to work to make it be so natural with it that it sounds so easy? Because you're one of those who you make it sound like it's so easy. Thank you. I will say that I was definitely in the category of, I was an actress for many years and you know a very good actress and an Emmy nominated actress. And I thought, well, then I could be a voiceover artist, no problem. I just would go right into it because I was, you know, I had, I have the lovely voice and I'm an actress. It's a craft. So I, I remember actually at the time, this was very, this was 1992 and I was looking around trying to find an agent and I got the name of an agent and it ended up being Kathy Calmanson, who wasn't, uh, who's a very well-known casting director and teacher. Um, along with Harvey Calvinson, and I said, hi, my name is Tasha Valenza, and I'm a well-known actress, and I'd like to do some voiceovers, and I'd love you to represent me. And she said, well, I, I'm, I'm not really ready to represent you, but I can give you a phone number. I said, great, to, to another agent. She said, no, it's to uh, a teacher. <laughs> so you need, to get, you need to get some classes, and then make a demo, and then get back. And so it was one of those humbling, like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I went and I studied and then I studied and made some demos and then I did end up getting my first agent um, and then of course ended up um, getting many jobs through the Calvinsons over the years but I still work on my craft and I still find that it is an evolving style and so as much as it's easy to me 
And it is, I think that's partly, you know, the 10,000 hours that I put in, uh, which is uh, Malcolm Gladwell talks about in Outliers. But nobody starts out like, you know, just like that. You apply yourself and you do the craft. And I've been doing it for 20 years. And certainly I remember some of those earlier jobs when I was, I was absolutely, you know, like afraid. Oh my gosh, am I going to be able to pull this off? And and there were some that, uh, you know, it was definitely touch and go. And it's like anything else, you know, it's awkward at first and it becomes better and smoother. And now, you know, low these 20 years later, I can go into any situation and have the confidence that I can pull it off. But it wasn't always the case. I, but I think the acting certainly helped as a background because I, like you said, I don't just read the copy. I really try to give it a certain amount of um, feeling of like I'm literally talking to a friend or somebody as opposed to just the ether. But there is a craft to voiceover. And I think like anything, you just have to keep working on your skills and keep working on the evolving skill set that continues in the craft. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard it said that it takes about 30 years to become an overnight success. Yes, I would agree 100 percent. And and a lot of uh, sweat. And uh, yes, I, I think there's a, a real adage to that because everyone always thinks like, oh, where does she come from? Or where did you come from? And, and I just listened to Bruce Springsteen's book which was fascinating and he read it and it's amazing how many years he struggled before he became the boss but he was working on from this late 50s 60s to uh i think 1982 or 1984 was like when he really had his first breakout success where he was actually able to just you know say that i reached it but this is you know, 20 years in the making. And so I think it's definitely something that we have to apply ourselves and be relentless in our craft and pursuing the business if we want to be successful. We're talking with Tasia Valenza, one of the most incredible talents in the country. I'm Julie Williams. And in just a minute, when our voiceover insider podcast continues, we'll find out what she's involved in now and also find out about one of her greatest passions. All right, we'll be right back after this short message. Julie Williams has been a voiceover coach for decades and has helped thousands of talents to launch a VO career, refine their VO performance skills, develop winning demos and marketing plans, and market themselves in voiceover. She's taught all levels from beginners to voiceover coaches. But don't take our word for it. Let's hear what some of Julie's actual students have to say. In many parts of the world, People drink untreated water. The consequences are staggering. Half the hospital beds in the developing world are taken up by people suffering from waterborne illnesses. Most people don't know how much they're charged in checking fees. Our customers do because it's zero. A bank that puts you first. That's different. Capital One. Escape into a tropical adventure. Perfect for entertaining clients or just having a night out with the family. I'll take the Planet Earth pasta. Rainforest Cafe. Where else can you eat a volcano? For the second year running, Mazda has been named the lowest cost to own brand over five years by Kelly Blue Book. Introducing Marriott Rewards. Because the point of all those points is capturing all those exotic memories. Soak up some rays this summer at America's newest AAA ballpark. Visit El Paso. My name is Stephen James Tabor, and I want to take a minute or two to talk about how it has been working with Julie Williams and the voice coaching that she offers and how she has helped me. At first, when I found Julie Williams, I ended up purchasing some of the resources that she has and a couple CDs and just learning different voice techniques and you know some of the things that 
she kind of says the do's and don'ts and different, you know, things in the voiceover industry in general. And I learned a lot of stuff and her approach was totally different than all the other training that I've had. And I ended up doing the private coaching with her. And that was the key word for me, the coaching. It wasn't just do this and do that. It was also the critique and coming into every session with her and her saying, I didn't like this. You did this. I want you to change this. I need to get this out of you. We're falling short a little bit in this area. Let's work on this and getting me ready to the point where I can make a demo. I ended up making a demo with her. She did every aspect of that from just the recording to the whole full package and continuing to work with her. She really does come alongside you and helps you learn the voiceover business and what to do, what not to do, and helps you to grow in your ability to deliver the voice quality and the things that you need to do to be competitive in this business. So I would encourage you, if you haven't checked out Julie Williams, whether it's her resources or her private coaching, I definitely would encourage you to do so. It is definitely time well spent to learn the business of voiceovers and to be competitive in this industry. Julie isn't just a teacher who teaches during your time together. She's a coach who guides you through every step of your career according to your specific needs. You can find out more about Julie Williams Coaching at juliewilliamscoaches.com or by emailing her directly at julie at juliewilliamscoaches.com. And now, a few final words from Julie and her guest. We've been talking to Tasia Valenza on the Voice Over Insider podcast. I'm Julie Williams. Tasia, I'm so glad you're here with us today. And I love being with you, Julie. Do you get most of your work on your own or through agents? I have several agents, and I get the bulk of my work that way. I do have a good amount of imaging that I do, and that is... Um, mostly from people knowing my work and stations that I've, I've worked with and my reputation, people will come to me through my website. But I still get a large majority of my work through my agents. But I'm certainly branching out and seeing that, you know, through my website, people come now. And it used to be much more like I would just always refer them to my agent. But now I'm seeing that there's reasons for me to take it to my agent when it's certainly that I don't understand the contract level. Or then if it's something smaller, like, you know, the B2B and e-learning, I'm happy to do it myself now, and it's certainly opened up the opportunity for many talents to get work without having representation, which was certainly not the case when I started, and I'm sure you remember. It was much more of an only an agent-driven thing, so I'm definitely getting a, a larger percentage than I ever did. It's cool. And at the same time, it also is challenging me to be my own, my own representative and because you have to negotiate your own rates and, yeah. and then my own bookkeeper to make sure I get the money. So that's definitely been a, a learning curve for me. Yeah. But I do kind of find it, um, I mean, I have work through other countries now. People come to my website and I worked with international. I worked with London and I worked with Beirut. And I, it's really kind of cool that technology has opened up the avenues to work with people all around the world, which was only in the last, I'd say, two to three years that I've really experienced that. And also the fact that we can work in our homes. You know, remember when we started this. Yeah, uh, it was only studio-based. We had to go to other studios. We had to go into the studio to do an audition. Right. It's a totally different. uh, Now, I mean, I I do the majority of my work in my closet. Mm -hmm. And I still have a wonderful Telos, which is, you know, the ISDN, which is a very old-fashioned machine that allows me to to talk to anybody in the world, but then people, you know, through the medium of what we're doing, Skyping, I've Skyped with clients, and then I just 
record the file and send it to them as a WAV file. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a different ball game now, and it certainly has opened it up for anybody in any town as long as they get the skill sets and they have a good microphone and they have a quiet room to really be able to start making a living. And they have no idea your shorts are hanging up right behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are my husband's shorts on that side. I have a nice large closet and uh, it's wonderful dead sound quality because I have two bedding jackets and clothes. It's a perfect medium for me to uh, record. You know what I've always wanted to ask you? I don't even remember the name of it, but years ago, there was a reality TV show with a lie detector. Were you that voice? Yes, I was. <laughs> I was. That was, oh gosh, that was, that answer is false. Yeah. That answer, and I forgot the name of that show. It was a very, it was a very, it was a, it was, it was like a big hit and then it went right down. It was, yeah, it was, it was short-lived. It, it was, was short-lived, but that was really fun because it had that uh, computer-esque element of it. So that, did they just play you or were you live there? No, we did all the recordings ahead of time. And it was literally, you know, uh, it was the bio of each person coming on. Mm-hmm. So we went in, I think I did several sessions uh, for each season. I would go in and then update it. But I was known for, you know, that sound. That answer is <laughs> false. That answer is true. <laughs> that was a funny show. I can only imagine how many divorces it caused. Oh, it was awful. It was awful because it was, it was literally people getting caught in lies yeah. and, and on television <laughs> for the purpose of winning money. Yes. <laughs> Which was, it was just, yeah, it was definitely a very morally challenging uh, show. I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. Gosh. I can't remember it either. It's, it's, it's something like, it's not to tell the truth, but something right. like truth, right? Right, it was. Why or yeah? Well, I'm, I, yes, yes. We'll have to. You'll have to look it up later. Your IMDb profile, it might be on. There. I don't think it has it there. I, I we should. We, but anyway, much else to talk about. But thank you for catching that, because <laughs> that's that's the wonderful. That's why I always like to say I do everything but kabuki, because I'm between uh, narration, animation, and then um, commercials and promos. It's wonderful to be able to to kind of just be the calisthenics of voiceover that there's just always another way to use your voice as an instrument and find another avenue. I will say that the one avenue that I have yet to go down and won't be going down anytime soon is audiobooks. And I admire your ability because to me, that's a marathon. Oh, and yeah. I'm not made for that, that marathon. I, I, I took a weekend class with the wonderful Pat Fraley yes, he's and, awesome. learned, and Scott Brick, who the, the, you know, the two masters and I, I thought, oh, maybe I'll go into this aspect of it. And I realized I'm a sprinter. I'm a voiceover sprinter. I do short, quick, you know, I mean, quick. A long session can be four hours when I'm doing animation. But to be able to go and do an 18-hour book and the things that you do, I, I'm not made for that. So I admire the fact. And, and, and it's, again, another great way to, to start in the business because so many people are getting into it, doing audiobooks, And yeah. I'm sure you would be, you know, much more um, well-versed on that, but audible.com and all these mediums. So it's a great way for voiceover artists. Yeah, I've done that of uh, audiobooks. For the most part, it's not worth the money for the time. A lot of time. And of course, because everybody's, many more people doing it now, the money has definitely gone down but it is a it is a great medium for some people that feel that that they a love reading a great book and they love you know making it come to life and also you know starting out perhaps or new where they 
that that would be still an exciting job to spend their extra time doing it. But it's a, it's definitely a medium that I have yet to do. And I, I just feel too challenged to try. Yeah, no need. I like long form in narration and e-learning, but when it comes to books, I don't want to sit more than two hours at a time. Sometimes the deadlines for books are so tight that you just, you can't do it on your own time. And again, it does get to your throat when you- Oh, absolutely. For the long periods of time that you're speaking. Exactly. Before we move on, tell me about this program that you've been working on called Hollywood in Crime. That's a really cool new show. It's, a, it's actually a podcast. And of course, the podcast medium has exploded in the last couple of years. Fiction, you know, radio plays and dramas. And then, of course, you've been doing podcasting for quite a while. But I think it's in the last few years, it's really taken off. And this one is a docudrama. Uh, which is related to the infamous Black Dahlia murders. It's narrated by my friend Tracy Patton, who's also the producer, who they go back in and actually reference articles from the five newspapers. And who knew? That's the great thing. It's a lot of history, Hollywood history, newspapers related uh, to the investigations as they unfold, because there seemed to be... um, quite a few uh, murders at the time. A lot of them were unsolved. And so they're going back and seeing the question, were these murders the work of a serial killer? Were they committed by a copycat or a lone wolf? And so part of it's narrated with the facts and then part of it's recreated uh, the the scenes with the live people. So I, I've had the pleasure of playing an historical figure named Aggie Underwood, who was one of the most prominent female reporters at the time. And then I played one of the murder victims, Jean French. So as a voiceover artist, it's really cool because it's not animation. It's not commercial. It's as close to being on camera, but there's no makeup. And I get to jump into an ensemble cast, (laughs) recreating these these people that I can actually go and explore and research. So as a voiceover artist, it's been great because a lot of times, again, we're in our alone places. So to go into a studio and work in an ensemble way is just always fun as an actor. And also it is taking something retro and making it new because people can listen anywhere, but it has that old kind of Hollywood crime, well, Hollywood and crime, but it has that old Hollywood feeling of listening to a radio play, but it's really not. It's It's a modern dramatized version of this 70 year old murder that still is capturing people's imagination. So where can people hear these episodes? Oh, yeah. They, it's, you can go right onto iTunes. It's free to subscribe. And so you go right back from the beginning and don't miss a single episode. It'll capture you. And I found myself now listening in the gym. I listen in my car. And it's, uh, it, they're only about 30, 35 minutes, but they really just draw you right in. Okay, so it's iTunes.com, of course, the podcast to look up. So it'd be Hollywood and crime. Okay. Um, and then they could also look it up at the Wondering Network. And if they, if they just literally put it into their computer, Hollywood and Crime, it will go to Wondery and then they can subscribe to there or they could write on their phones. There's usually a podcast app and just go right into podcasts, put in the search engine, Hollywood and Crime. It'll take you to iTunes, press subscribe and you're in. And another very unique way that we as voiceover talents can use our voices is also one of your biggest passions, and that is vocal ID. Now, we talked about that on a podcast like three or four years ago, but we've got thousands more subscribers now. We're pushing 40,000 listeners on our podcast. Wow, congrats, congrats. Thank you. What is vocal ID, and, and how can every single person 
who doesn't even need to audition. Every single person who wants to be involved, how can they do that? Vocal ID is a wonderful organization. It was created by a, a woman named Rupal Patel who came up with her team a technology that allows voiceover artists of any kind, from novices to experienced ones like ourselves, to go in uh, with the Chrome as uh, the search engine and literally go to their site and record a series of two to 3,000 lines. And then those lines get voice banked and they will merge our voices with some of the six to eight million people that cannot speak, that un were relegated up until this, this technology to five or six voice prints of the computerized version, uh, which, you know, again, you have a 70 year old person and a, a 10 year old girl and they both are sharing the same voices. And it's so moving to think that we can donate our voices and then it becomes part of a vocal print that somebody who wasn't blessed enough to have a voice uh, or a voice that's really functioning and they can start speaking. On my website, I have a blog showing how it's done. And then there's a Huffington Post interview showing a teenage girl getting to hear her voice for the first time. And so when I saw this, I was so moved and thought, wouldn't it be amazing if our community, the voiceover community, spent some time and you can do it in short periods, long periods. Um, it took me weeks to do it, but it's great. You can go right back in. It makes it so easy to get the sound. In. It says your sound is good. Start. You just read lines. A lot of them are from books and it's simple as he went to the store and, and then eventually they, you finish, you get your little certificate and it will become one day part of somebody else's voice and you'll know that you've made a difference in someone else's life. So I just feel like it's, you know, I have a quote of giving great voice. There's nothing more beautiful than the idea that we can actually literally change someone's life by giving our voice. And how would somebody do that? Where do they sign up for that again? Vocalid.co. It's so invaluable to see that their lives changing and it's so simple to do. Just vocalid.co or just put in vocal ID. It'll take you to the site. It says sign up to be a donor and you're on your way. Before we close, I want to ask you, is there anything that you would like to add about anything we've been talking about that or maybe something I forgot to, to ask you about or something that's on your mind that you'd like to share? Well, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm working on my, a program called Giving Great Voice, mm -hmm. which is something that it's actually my passion is to help people that aren't voiceover actors or singers start thinking like the voice actors in their own lives so that they can play their multifaceted roles more effectively. Meaning that because technology is so powerful, I think a lot of times we're abdicating our humanity to our phones. Mm -hmm. And so my goal and my hope is to kind of key into the idea that our voices are our most beautiful, powerful communication tools. And of course, as voice actors, we know this, but my hope is to inspire everyone to remember to use our voices more in our personal communication and our professional communication. And by thinking like a voice actor, we can effectively communicate in the tonality that we want to create, meaning are we inspiring today? Are we commanding today? So when it's your best friend's birthday, call. I <laughs> call your friend. Hearing the tonality of I love you can never be replaced by I heart you or a Facebook post. And I, I just feel that certainly as uh, we get more and more into technology, that our voice is a gift. 
and we should remember to use it both for our own lives and to inspire other people and to connect with them and keep our connectedness. So that's a, that's just a passion that I have that, I, you know, it seems so obvious, but I don't think it is quite as much as it used to be. You know, I got to say, yesterday was my birthday. I've got a number of phone calls, but one of the funniest things and most fun things that actually happened is on my iPhone when somebody texted me, happy birthday, all of a sudden these balloons started going up. But it was also really nice to hear from like four or five people that, that called me by phone. Yeah, there's something just, there's just something a little bit more intimate about that. And I guess I just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be working on that and, and taking it to different schools um, and just really trying to bring my 30 years as an actor and a voiceover actor and kind of translating that into bringing it to people that don't think of their voices as an instrument. And I'm hoping to inspire them to, to use their voices more keeping that intimacy that only a voice can create. We've been talking with Tasia Valenza. Tasia, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Um, it's Julie, just, it's a pleasure. It, it's just great to have you. We're going to have to do it again, too. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to wait another four years like we did last <laughs> Well, you know where to find me, uh, yeah. from my closet to yours. That's exactly my closet to yours. Join us again next time as we have another great guest on the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. We're glad you were able to join us today. Feel free to email Julie with any questions at julie at juliewilliamscoaches.com. We'd like to thank our editor, Morning Joy Lynn, who can be reached at morningjoy at voeditor.com. And of course, thank you for listening. Till next time, I'm Paul O'Connor, along with Julie Williams, wishing you prosperity in all you do.